Hello and welcome to the Soundwave podcast. Music, technologies, stories for people who love the art and science of listening to and enjoying recorded music. Here it's all about the art and magic of sound reproduction and related human stories. We survey music, technology, and stories from the early beginnings of relatively low high fidelity to the heyday of the 70s high fidelity and the modern age of digital and streaming. I'm your host, Pat Shepard. Apologies for the delay since the last episode. A lot has been going on in the world, and I've been fairly busy. Last episode, we heard about the fictitious War of the Worlds broadcast, and before that, World War II radio. So now, we're going to complete the war trilogy, and in this episode, we will discuss a very real war, Russia's immoral and unprovoked war on Ukraine and how an old radio technology is proving useful in keeping access to information and truth alive. So this will be a heavy episode, but the people of Ukraine are going through hell right now, and this is my way of shedding some light on the situation. Information and Misinformation in War-Torn Ukraine It is often said truth is the first casualty of war, with Russia's unprovoked and criminal attack of the sovereign and democratic nation of Ukraine. The conflict is rife with disinformation and propaganda. There is a clear need for factual and independent news people can trust. In war, access to information, especially truthful information, becomes very difficult to obtain, and yet even more important. Look no further than the January 6th insurrection in USA to see how lies and misinformation are easily spread and ingested by people who are easily manipulated, and they form the basis of their actions on those lies. Not at all unlike what is going on in Russia with the state-propagated lies and misinformation that Putin is spreading to the Russians. On a related side note, Ukraine's computer systems are a key target of Russia for hacking and seizure. Seizing Ukraine's computer networks intact would give Moscow not only troves of classified documents, but also detailed information about the population now under its control. This isn't marketing data or data about website access. According to Politico, Multiple security experts have significant concerns about Ukraine's data, pointing to the reports that Russia has lists of Ukrainians whom it plans to kill or arrest after invading. This really strikes home in a very chilling way to anyone who has studied World War II and the ties of IBM to the Nazi regime. In a Wikipedia article, they talk about the book, IBM and the Holocaust, the strategic alliance between Nazi Germany and America's most powerful corporation. Historian Edward Black documents the strategic technology services rendered by IBM for the Nazi government of Adolf Hitler from the beginning of the Third Reich in January 1933 through the last day of the regime in May 1945 at the end of the World War II. Black outlined the key role of IBM's technology in the Nazi genocide by facilitating the regime's generation and tabulation of punch cards through the hollow earth tabulation machine for national census data, military logistics, ghetto statistics, train traffic management, 
and concentration camp capacity. So, Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky's administration says it isn't taking any chances. In fact, Ukraine's government is preparing to wipe its computer servers completely clean and transfer sensitive data out of Kiev if Russian troops move to actually capture the city. In war-torn Ukraine, how can people get access to the information that they need when Russia has destroyed much of Ukraine's television and FM radio broadcasting infrastructure? Russia can use hackers and such Kremlin-affiliated subversive agencies as the Internet Research Agency, the IRA, accused of meddling in the 2016 U.S. elections, to take down or otherwise block Internet sites of Western and Ukrainian media agencies seeking to provide accurate information for the conflict. What about satellite-based communication? Theoretically, satellite reception can overcome these shortcomings. Starlink CEO Elon Musk sent a, quote, truckload of satellite dishes to Ukraine to provide space Internet service. However, two hours after his initial tweet announcing that, Musk tweeted out an ominous warning. Starlink signals could be tracked by Russians, so Ukrainians should use them with caution. What about getting truthful information into Russia to counter the blatant lies saturating state-controlled media? Russia, ruled by the former spymaster in psyops and misinformation Vladimir Putin, has blocked many outside sources of news and information. The only way for people inside Russia to get hold of news outside their tech iron curtain is an ancient technology, well, ancient by our standards. Let's now look at how an old, low-tech technology, shortwave radio, is filling this vacuum and is playing an important role in the Russian-Ukrainian war. We will see that in hostile environments, sometimes older, simpler technologies are more reliable and can deliver far more reliable communication than more complex modern alternative. Shortwave radio, a tool for freedom. Shortwave radio is an old variant of what many people may remember as AM radio, operating on low-frequency radio waves using the ionosphere to bounce radio signals over wide and long distances to deliver audio services. Shortwave was used extensively during World War II and the Cold War. For many years, shortwave broadcasts were spread around the world over Voice of America, Russia even had Russia-Moscow, and other countries had their own shortwave broadcasts. Shortwave radio is far simpler than modern digital TV or telecommunication services. There are a number of other technical reasons why shortwave radio can be very useful in crisis situations. Since it uses lower transmission frequencies, the signals can travel much farther than TV or mobile phone signals. Mobile phones require lots of infrastructure, like cell towers, power and fiber network connections, etc. Any of these could fail or be deliberately targeted, taking down some or all of the network. If your local cell tower loses power, the network will go down in that area. This makes it practical for almost anyone to attempt to jam and block access to mobile networks using handheld jamming devices, which are illegal to own or use. Shortwave signals are more difficult to jam. Jamming generally requires a network of large, high-powered transmitters spread throughout the country, operating on the same frequency. As another benefit, since these low frequencies are used, the signals propagate better through buildings and the environment. 
low-frequency signals reach into buildings and basements better, even when transmitted from far away, which might be useful for people who are taking shelter. BBC reintroduces shortwave news transmission service. On March 2nd, according to Rand Corporation, the BBC World Service announced that it would restart four-hour daily shortwave transmissions in English to Ukraine. The decision to resume Ukrainian shortwave broadcasts came after Russia forces began to deliberately target Ukrainian communication equipment, including the Kiev television tower, which was famously destroyed. The BBC World Service is also waging an information war with Russia on shortwave. This means the BBC can broadcast from outside into the conflict zone without needing local physical infrastructure. While BBC is officially targeting Ukraine, its shortwave signals can easily be heard in southeastern Russia. Broadcasting in English deliberately targets Russia's youth, many of whom speak at least some English. This decision to broadcast to some parts of Russia could be critical. So, as Russia returns to a Cold War era of information control and misinformation, the BBC is dusting off Cold War tactics to win the information war for a second time. Shortwave has proven time and time again that it can provide reliable information when and where it's needed most, in authoritarian regimes, in disaster scenarios, and in wartime. We can all do our part to help Ukraine in democracy and freedom by making sure we each multi-source our views of the truth, donate to charities who are dedicated to helping the humanitarian crisis, and by individual acts of kindness and courage. I know I've done all these things and hope that you do as well. Thanks for tuning in, and my apologies again for the delay since the last episode. I know that this was a heavy episode, but hope you found it interesting and inspiring. Try to do one thing to help Ukraine if you're able. I would like to invite you to go to thesoundwaveshow.com, my webpage, where you can find a bunch of links to different resources I used in this podcast. All content, except where noticed, copyright Pat Shepard and thesoundwaveshow.com. The theme song is something I put together in GarageBand. See you next time.